You know, look, fascism is a very big word. I know that. But so is socialism. Hillary Diane Rodham Clinton reflecting on her life. Such as it is. One of the greatest things that President Trump has done in his lifetime is denying Hillary Clinton the White House. That changed the course of human history for the better. All by itself. Hey, today is mailbag day, too, and I, I've i been spacing out on this over here. I have uh, mailbag questions in my hand right here. We printed it out. Killed an entire Canadian tree just for this one piece of paper. What do they care? They're burning millions and millions of acres. Are they still choking in New York or anything from the Canadian fire? Have we done anything to help them put the fires out, the United States of America? The only piece worth reading on that whole story, uh, the, the, the fires in Canada, is the New York Post piece. Was that Miranda Devine? About um, how they stopped grooming the forest because they're too busy grooming the children. No more fire breaks and uh, fire roads and uh, no more cleaning out the, the dead debris. So, the, you, know, you know, Native Americans used to clear out the uh, debris uh, from long before Europeans got here from the forest because they were aware of the threat of forest fires. And uh, we, of course, have been doing that very effectively for more than a century. And uh, then liberals decided to stop that to see what happens. Now we've seen what happens. And they're in denial about it naturally. But in any case, I do have the, uh, the mailbag questions in front of me. Got uh, Al Gore and got uh, Vivek Ramaswamy questions and, and all kinds of good stuff. I'm going to try to get to all of them if I can, as many as I can if I can't get to all of them. And in the meantime, we also have to get to the, the Democrats' uh, LGBTQ targeting the children crusade, uh, which continues unabated. Can you say unabated in this context? The uh, So we got that. But right now, let's get to President Trump, because President Trump yesterday left uh, Florida. He went to the courthouse. His lawyer said not guilty. 37 Democrat Party counts. President Trump then went to a nearby Cuban restaurant uh, where he bought everybody's meal. Uh, everybody loved him. It was wonderful. The news media very angry about this that the Cuban-Americans that fled socialism, the glories of socialism, and fled is the right word. You have to escape Cuba. You can't move from Cuba to any place because they'll shoot you. And uh, that's because communism, you know. And, and remember that it was Lenin who said the goal of socialism is communism. Vladimir Ilyich Yulinov, a.k.a. Vladimir Lenin, they all lie about everything, including their names. Stalin's name not his real name, Hitler's name, not his real name, Socialist Workers Party, um, you know, the whole thing. But fleeing Cuba, escaping Cuba, is escaping the glories of socialism, and and um, and the goal of socialism is communism. And, and, you know, now the Biden administration is making special accommodations for plea, fleeing Venezuela, where they've also implemented the glories of socialism. So now it's a country you have to flee See how socialism works? And simultaneously, we have, let's see, Benito Mussolini, who, by the way, was a socialist and one of the leaders of the Italian socialist movement all his adult life until he jumped 
uh, at the end over to the fascists because they're socialists that were getting stuff done, you know. But Benito said that uh, fascism is a merger of state and corporate power. We see that all around us as well, don't we? Yes, we do. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to President Trump. Yesterday, speaking from one of his many golf course country clubs, this one in Bedminster, New Jersey, after flying his own private 757 airliner, a Boeing airliner with his name on the side. Life is good. You know, and the great thing about a 757, um, 757 has legs. It's got range. You can fly a 7. I've flown on a U.S. Air Force 757 in particular um, all over the place, all over the world. You can fly a 757. 737 uh, can't go from here to Paris, from Washington to Paris. 757 can. You can just fly, you know, boom, boom. Get out of there, 757. All right, but enough about that. Let's go to, uh, I like my airplanes. Let's uh, let's go to, uh, I've flown on those U.S. Air Force airplanes out of Andrews Air Force Base, Joint Base Andrews, uh, with the 89th Airlift Wing, uh, uh, Sam Fox, they call themselves. Special Air Missions uh, Foreign Overseas. They boil it down to Sam Fox. And I've flown on those. They have the Air Force One paint jobs, you know. Vice President takes them, Cabinet Secretaries take them. And I've flown around with Cabinet Secretaries on those airplanes. Well, we're not flying on the E-4B, but now I'm getting carried away on airplanes. That's a doomsday plane, a 747. Flown all over the world on that one. But but let's uh, get back to President Trump last night in Bedminster, and uh, I watched him on Newsmax last night, and then my show came on after after uh, President Trump was done uh, speaking on Newsmax TV, 9 p.m. Eastern. Chris Plant, the Right Squad, is the name of the show. That's what they call. They named it. They named it after me, and uh, I thought that was very thoughtful, didn't you? All right. So President Trump last night in uh, Bedminster talking about what the Democrats and the Biden White House and the corrupt Justice Department and the corrupt FBI are up to. This is called election interference and yet another attempt to rig and steal a presidential election. More importantly, it's a political persecution like something straight out of a fascist or a communist nation. This day will go down in infamy and Joe Biden will forever be remembered as not only the most corrupt president in the history of our country, but perhaps even more importantly, the president who, together with a band of his closest thugs, misfits, and Marxists, tried to destroy American democracy. The most corrupt, uh, corrupt president in history. Um, I think we still need to learn more about Barack Obama because, you know, almost all of this was begun during the Obama-Biden administration and is being carried on. Uh, but the permanent bureaucracy, as I've been calling it, also known as the deep state, in fact, at the Chris Plant store, we have Deep State, and they're very nice. T-shirts and coffee mugs, uh, Deep State, and I think baseball caps also. And it is the uh, Department of State logo, uh, the, their emblem. And uh, well, there, I added one word where it says the Department of State. It says the Department of Deep State. Very subtle. You can go to State Department barbecues in the backyard and uh, wear the T-shirt, and half the people there won't even notice the difference. So President Trump... The uh, fascists, communists, dictators, thugs, most corrupt president. Um, the, you know, this uh, that at uh, at CNN and MSNBC they were monitoring like they're the Stasi, and uh, I'm thinking they probably didn't air these uh, video clips on their on their show. President Trump talked about Bill Clinton. 
um, with the you, you know the socks scandal. That's not a cat. That's uh, that's uh, that they in the sock drawer. All kinds of recordings. Bill Clinton and um, President Trump making the comparison last night. Under the Presidential Records Act, which is civil, not criminal, I had every right to have these documents. The crucial legal precedent is laid out in the most important case ever on this subject, known as the Clinton Socks case. You know what that means? After leaving the White House, Bill Clinton kept 79 audio tapes in his sock drawer. Draw. They included discussions of U.S. military involvement in Haiti, discussions of U.S. foreign policy, both defense and offense, against Cuba. 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 Um, and uh, that was, you know, when you're a Democrat, it's not really a big scandal when you have, oh, were well, there all this stuff in your sock drawer? The uh, What's the... Uh, What's the thing? The, uh, not a thing. No, you know, the, the Wall Street Journal has a piece on this today. Trump, Trump's boxes and Clinton's sock drawer. The, uh, the story in the uh, Wall Street Journal today. A president chooses what records to return and keep, and the National Archives can't do anything about it, is the subheadline. And, uh, but it is a, a scandal involving... Uh, Bill Clinton, and he was working with a historian to write a glowing review of his presidency, leaving out all the bad stuff. And, uh, you know, does anybody remember Sandy Burglar? Sandy Burglar was the national security advisor in the Clinton administration. Now, the Clinton administration changed the rules on uh, the Justice Department did, changed the rules on the intelligence community in the United States sharing information with the FBI. They, uh, they called it stovepiping in the 9-11 Commission report. And there was a woman at the Justice Department named Jamie Gorelick. And Jamie Gorelick, I hope she doesn't sleep well at night, she's the one who said, no, we can't have the U.S. intelligence community talking to the domestic federal law enforcement. So the intelligence community was tracking the September 11th hijackers coming into the United States. But they couldn't share the information with the FBI thanks to Jamie Gorelick and the Clinton administration, right? And they botched that. Uh, and uh, I think it would be fair to say I remember the day quite well. Uh, I was talking about it last night with my friend Pat at a sports bar. As a matter of fact, when we were talking about Eisenhower, then we were talking about this. And um, Jamie Gorelick said, no, no, we got a stovepipe, so they can't have intelligence talking to domestic uh, law enforcement, federal law enforcement. So uh, that is, according to the 9-11 report, one of the key elements in uh, the success of the murderous troglodytes from hell that attacked us on September 11, 2001. And then Bill Clinton's national security advisor was allowed years later to go into the National Archives. And and also the uh, Clinton administration had multiple opportunities to kill Osama bin Laden, and they decided not to. We had guys in place like looking at him through a scope on a rifle, basically, and they couldn't get a green light from Washington, from the White House. And so it could have been stopped by, but the Clinton administration botched item after item. And, you know, and then, of course, that led to the war in Iraq, the war in Afghanistan, the war uh, against uh, radical Islam, which is ongoing to this day and will likely never end in anybody's lifetime. Um, but if only the Clinton administration had taken out Osama bin Laden when they had the chance, 
or if they hadn't stovepiped the agencies and departments and kept them from communicating, we could have stopped September 11th, and, and none of this ever would have happened. None of it. The wars, the right? Uh, but Sandy Burglar, who had been, his name is, it was Sandy Berger. He's no longer with us. I used to work with his daughter at CNN. Naturally, CNN hired his daughter to work at CNN, and she's very nice. But the uh, uh, Sandy Burglar, Sandy Berger, uh, he went into the archives, and when he got there, he found all these one-of-a-kind, they're, they're unique documents. There were no copies. They're not on hard drives. These are paper documents that revealed the, um, the wrongdoing and the mistakes that, of the Clinton administration. But Sandy Burglar took those, well, he's no, known as Sandy Burglar, took those documents, stuffed them in his underwear, stuffed them down his pants, stuffed them in his socks, and left the National Archives, uh, and then destroyed these one-of-a-kind documents that would have revealed all kinds of bad things about what the Clinton administration did leading up to September 11th. And those were classified documents that were very, very important to American history. And he stole them from the archives, and he destroyed them. And he did it for political purposes to save the skin of the Clinton administration in history, right? And... Um, and you know what? He got nothing. He got uh, some kind of a slap on the wrist probation. He was caught, and and he was charged, but then he got nothing. God, it was, you know, oh, don't do that again. Uh, too late. But that's okay. No 37 federal charges, no threat of 400 years in prison. None of that. None of it. All right. You know that Father's Day is right around the corner. Time to get Dad what he really wants. Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks, perfectly aged, always tender, guaranteed, delicious. Used to envy my neighbors when I was a kid getting their Omaha Steak deliveries. Now I get them myself. The Father's Day experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to put a smile on the big guy's face. I'm not talking about Joe Biden this time. With hand-selected packages, head over to omahasteaks.com on Al Gore's amazing internet. Use the promo code PLANT at checkout to get $30 off your qualifying order. Packages can include fork-tender bacon-wrapped filet mignons, other gourmet grillables, air-chilled boneless chicken breasts, all kinds of delicious stuff. But don't forget to save room for dessert because most of the gift packages come with four delicious caramel apple tartlets that you cook up in the oven. They're delicious. I'm getting hungry just talking about it. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use the promo code PLANT at checkout to get $30 off an unforgettable gift that's guaranteed to make Dad's Day because if there's one thing that we all know, dads want steaks. That's omahasteaks.com. Use the promo code PLANT at checkout. A minimum order is required. See the site for details. Yeah, more President Trump coming up. Uh, and uh, the mailbag. And uh, transgender Democrats and your children. We came out of the White House not only dead broke, but in debt. Uh, we had no money when we got there. Hey, Chris here with some exciting news. Now you can listen to me live on the WMAL app. Doesn't matter if you're in your car, in the office, on the go. The WMAL app delivers crystal clear around-the-clock news coverage anywhere with cell service or Wi-Fi. So don't miss a second of your favorite shows. Download the WMAL app today on the Apple App Store or at Google Play Store. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Tonight is the annual congressional baseball game, Republicans against Democrats. Fortunately, this year, no Democrat Party campaign volunteers showed up to shoot all of the Republicans like the Bernie Sanders volunteer did six years ago today in Alexandria, Virginia. But uh, yesterday, there was the congressional soccer game. They have a soccer game because the Democrats like to you know, be more European or something. And the Republicans beat the Democrats four to two. Uh, but Congressman Dan Crenshaw, naturally, because, you know, do they have any transgender players, the Democrats on the, on the team? Uh, Congressman Dan Crenshaw, a Republican who was a Navy SEAL and lost his eye to an IED. Uh, no, that's not why they call them IEDs. Uh, in combat in, what, 2012, I believe. And uh, Dan Crenshaw didn't like the way that the, uh, the referees were officiating. So... After the game was over, he went over to complain about the bad officiating, even though the Republicans won 4-2. And he pulled out his glass eye and offered his glass eye. He's like, hey, you guys got two eyes, but you don't know how to use them, so uh, I'm here to help. Well, you know, the refs, uh, they, they have two eyeballs, but they don't use them. So I'm just going to get one of mine. Oh, there we go. Oh, he dropped his glass eye in the trophy. It's a uh, metal cup, and he pulled out his glass eye. He often wears an eye patch. Uh, he was wearing a glass eye uh, yesterday, uh, perhaps in addition to, and uh, pretty amazing. The GOP uh, may have won this year's congressional soccer match, but Representative Dan Crenshaw, the Texas Republican, made sure to give the referee a piece of his mind and then some. See, during the GOP celebration for its 4-2 victory over the Democrats, Crenshaw decided to pull out his prosthetic eye in protest of the performance by the officials. The refs, he said, have two eyeballs, but they don't use them, so I'm going to give them one of mine. Dropped it in the trophy. Whoa-ho-ho, a lot of whoa-ho-ho-ho. Oh, this is a trick that people with glass eyes have been known to pull over the years. Sammy Davis Jr. and Sonia, pull out your glass eye here. You need this more than I do, you know. But the uh, Republicans won. I assume they'll win the baseball game tonight. Hopefully no Democrats will show up on suicide missions. Anybody that don't like that, daddy, don't like chicken on Sunday. Since we're talking about uh, the congressional soccer game and the Republicans beating the Democrats 4-2 last night, it's reminded of another story that we didn't get to because they give us too much stuff. But from June 5th, earlier this month, UK men's soccer team crushes US women's soccer team, a professional men's soccer team from the United Kingdom from Wales destroyed the U.S. women's soccer team 12 to nothing. 
12 to nothing, illustrating the process, the profound physical advantage that male athletes have over female counterparts. The Democrats have rejected this, of course, but the uh, Wrexham AFC professional soccer team men, they're in good shape, they're out of Wales, uh, took 39 shots in the match. Uh, The USA women's team took five shots on goal, and the men won 12 to nothing. And uh, they had, uh, who's that, like Megan uh, Rapino complaining, we need to make the same amount of money as the men. That's the uh, same number of people need to watch you on television. But, but never mind that. Uh, let's get back to uh, President Trump. And I, I have mailbag, and then we got the uh, LGBTQ children torture. President Trump last night from New Jersey talking about the, uh, the prosecutor who is a left-winger who uh, prosecuted Virginia Republican governor, former governor Bob McDonnell, uh, for all kinds of crimes. And then the Supreme Court unanimously threw out, unanimously, not in a split, uh, unanimously threw out uh, the the victory, the conviction that Jack Smith had secured against uh, Republican Governor Bob McDonnell of Virginia. The prosecutor in the case, I will call it our case, is a thug. I've named him Deranged Jack Smith. I've named him. I wonder what his name used to be. Jack Smith. It sounds so innocent, doesn't it? Jack Smith. What's his name? Jack Smith. He's a very nice man. He's a behind-the-scenes guy, but his record is absolutely atrocious. That's um, uh, President Trump was being President Trump last night. He, I can't even say he was in rare form. He was in uh, usual form, and he was uh, doing great. And, and, you know, he likes to name people. Uh, and uh, and deranged uh, Jack Smith, so now we'll just call him deranged, like Crooked Hillary. You just reduce it to crooked, and uh, it works. Uh, good stuff. President Trump last night. The sham indictment put forward by the Biden administration included staged photographs of boxes at Mar-a-Lago. Many people have asked me why I had these boxes. Why did you want them? The answer, in addition to having every right under the Presidential Records Act, is that these boxes were containing all types of personal belongings, many, many things, shirts and shoes and everything. As can be seen in the picture where someone, not me, I wonder who it might have been, dumped one of the very neatly arranged boxes all over the floor. Again, the Wall Street Journal today, Trump's boxes and Clinton's sock drawer, written by Michael Bakisha. Michael Bakisha was, in fact... Bill Clinton's lawyer in the sock drawer case. And uh, this lawyer said that the Presidential Records Act allows presidents to decide what records to return and what records to keep at the end of their presidency. And the National Archives Records Administration can't do anything about it. He says, I know because I'm the lawyer who lost the Clinton sock drawer case. Puts that right there in the Wall Street Journal piece today. So uh, good for him. President Trump uh, last night, um, and again, the box and the FBI, the president pointed out the FBI photographed this stuff, staged the photographs, and then released the photographs to the press because the FBI is filthy, dirty, rotten, corrupt Democrat Party front group. Clothing, memorabilia, and much, much more. I hadn't had a chance to go through all the boxes. It's a long, tedious job. It takes a long time. 
which I was prepared to do, but I have a very busy life. I've had a very busy life. They make it more busy because you're always fighting. I, uh, yeah, and uh, the president pointed out, as I've pointed out many times before, I'm sorry, the FBI went in and they arrayed things on the floor and took pictures of the uh, classified cover sheets and the boxes in the bathroom. You know, a guy gets to have boxes with files. It's not like those were all filled with classified documents. But the photos were given to corrupt press uh, who kept a secret, who gave it to them, even though it's a felony to give these things part of an ongoing investigation to the press. They do it all the time. Not when it comes to the Bidens, of course. There are no leaks. Hermetically sealed investigations there. But Hillary Diane Rodham Clinton and President Trump pointed out last night that they they leaked these photos, they staged the photos, which they did. That's the correct term, and and then they fed them out uh, in in an effort by from the FBI to uh, inflict damage on President Trump, political damage, right? Hillary Diane Rodham Clinton, who destroyed tens of thousands of emails and ordered other people to destroy, got the bleach bit, tens of thousands, thirty three thousand emails had at least 113 classified, including at least eight top-secret classified documents. No prosecution. The uh, then-FBI director, uh, cross-dressing J. Edgar Comey, is it, was he the cross-dressing one? J. Edgar Comey uh, said that no reasonable prosecutor would file charges in that case involving Hillary Clinton, right? Hillary Clinton was on this left-wing podcast yesterday, uh, they call it Pod Save America. They reject God, so they have Pod Save America. It's another slap at uh, at God. They they can't stop because they are their own gods. See, that's they are the pseudo religion. If God did not exist, Voltaire, it would be necessary to invent him. They destroyed God, so he doesn't exist. Then they reinvented God, and it's them. And they can stop the uh, secular apocalypse, which is global warming and climate change. Uh, and they control the weather, which the Caesars never laid claim to, but the Democrats now do. Hillary, Diane, and it's uh, two Obama administration officials that host this this podcast. I have a lot of reactions uh, to it. Uh, and I think uh, the best reaction publicly is, you know, let's see it unfold and see what happens, right? This is on a track about him. Not about anybody else, no matter how much you know, they try to confuse people and how much they try to, you know, raise extraneous issues. That reminds me that uh, Greta von Funberg, who is another child prophet of the apocalypse, um, sound by number 20, Greta von Funberg was at some climate circle fest somewhere on the planet. Um, did she paddle there on a, on a, on a surfboard? Um, I doubt it. And she's, you know, she's one of the child, they love child prophets. And she's a, 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 an apocalyptic child prophet of doom. And she was out there again. And again, this is the secular apocalypse. It's climate change, global warming. And they can control the climate and change the weather as long as they steal enough of your stuff and take away enough of your freedoms and liberties and become more dictatorial. Greta von Funberg at a uh, climate circle fest. It is what we decide now. That will define the rest of humanity's future. A little arrogant. And whether we choose to do that or not, if we don't, it will be a death sentence to countless of people. And it is already a death sentence to countless of people living on the front lines of the climate crisis today. Countless of people. That is, it's okay, it's not her first language. How uh, dare you! 
And uh, and it's the, again, it's the the secular apocalypse looms large. We're all going to die because of you, and that's why everyone must be destroyed in order to save the planet. We had it's the you know the Vietnam thing. We had to destroy the village in order to save it. The Democrats have gone global with that. We had to destroy the planet in order to save it. This is all wrong. Greta von Funberg, and it's it. We're doomed. She's the child prophet of doom, the apocalyptic prophet of doom. The political will is nowhere to be seen. The people in power are spending their time looking for false solutions and finding and creating loopholes which maintains business as usual and keeps them in the position of power. Our responsibility and our role here as activists in conferences like this is to call them out and to tell the truth. She has the intellectual age of a nine-year-old. And uh, the left treats her like she's a genius because she parrots their talking points. And they fly around on jets built by the patriarchy. Uh, We got a patriarchy soundbite today, don't we? Yeah, the singer Grimes. Oh, yeah. Grimes? Like multiple? G-R-I-M-E-S? Grimes? Who's a singer and was married to Elon Musk as a woman, has had a child by Elon Musk. I think he's got like 10 kids or something. Uh, Not all by the same woman. And uh, he's South African, you know. And uh, here's this woman, Grimes, was being interviewed by some left-wing nut. And doesn't matter, they're all the same. And uh, turns out she thinks the patriarchy is pretty neat. Like for example, for me, like, wake up in the morning, daily motivation, smash the patriarchy. You know? I kind of like the patriarchy. Like, I... <laughs> what do you smash like the... I, I like the supply chain, food, Uber, roads... Um, civilization, uh, you know, like, you there's a lot of good things that came from electricity, uh, medicine, uh, clean water, um, you know, the uh, Rolls Royces, Gulfstream jets, satellites, instantaneous global communication, cures for cancer, uh, you know, everything good that you take advantage of every day. But this left wing lunatic, I, I wake up, I want to smash the, the patriarchy. Well, you should go live on an island somewhere, maybe Lesbos, and you can starve to death uh, and sit in the dark and pound rocks together uh, as the world was before the patriarchy came along. You're welcome. Thanks for the hoop earrings, though, honestly. (laughs) All right, let's go to uh, the left-wing lunatics. The elementary school holds Pride Month celebration for little kids. The Daily Signal has the story online. More and more important, the Heritage Foundation's online uh, publication. Elementary school in Charlottesville, Virginia, encouraged fourth grade kids to uh, lead a Pride Month celebration, their nine-year-olds, of the LGBTQ plus gender ideology during a school-wide monthly meeting video obtained by the Daily Signal shows. Video shows a little girl at Johnson Elementary School speaking into the microphone. Is that a double entendre? And telling the crowd of assembled children who are all sitting on the ground, not Indian style though, that LGBTQ stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, queer at one point. But but wait, you got to hear this part because this is uh, the, the best part. They put together a gay alphabet known as a galphabet. And at one point, a, a man who appears to be the assistant principal, John Constantine, 
walks through the crowd of children and leads one away by the hand. Somebody call the cops. Cool, another girl cheerfully says. Now let's have a book about Pride Month. So this is the nine-year-old kids. And here's, listen to what happened at this elementary school in, uh, in Charlottesville, Virginia. It stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, queer. Cool. Now, let's have a book about Pride Month. And then the kids were asked to recite the alphabet, but this time it's the gay alphabet. And every letter in the English language alphabet is a gay term. And they're teaching the nine-year-olds this. A is for acceptance. When you accept yourself and other people... Acceptance. A is for acceptance. B is for belonging. When you know you are... B is right for belonging. That's not all it's for. And the people who make you What's the C word? C is for celebrate. Celebrate. Life is full of amazing moments and wonderful people. You should all celebrate each other. This is, and it goes on and on the entire alphabet. What is Z? I want to know what uh, Z is. Um, the uh, zygote of your uh, non-binary transgender. It continued. C is for equality. When you give everyone the thing they need to do, the things they want. E is for equality. I thought it was for equity. F is for flag. There are lots of flags that... F is for flag. Who they are. There are lots of flags. G is for gender. Some people guess about how you... based on how you dress or how your body looks. G is and for gender. you know gen- that's who you are. And you know that's who you are. G is for gender. And they go through the entire alphabet, uh, and it uh, every letter is a left-wing gender dysphoric talking point and at the Johns Hopkins University they, oh my god look at the time I can't believe it you know what I'm gonna have to do mailbag tomorrow aren't I I'm gonna have to, I, I'm so sorry I I always do this I have too much material every day Johns Hopkins University has the LGBTQ glossary and um Wait till you hear what they've done with it. I And I apologize, the mailbag. I have it right in front of me. They just gave me too much stuff. What a big dope I am. But tomorrow we'll get to the mailbag. Um, just ahead, the LGBTQ glossary. That was the nine-year-olds. Let's go to the 19-year-olds now at Johns Hopkins University. What is a lesbian? I'll explain. Okay, a little Jimi Hendrix uh, star-spangled banner for uh, Flag Day and the birthday of the U.S. Army. A little edgy, you know. The, you know, Jimi Hendrix served in the Army in the 101st Airborne. He was kicked out because he was going to sleep all the time. But he was pro-U.S. military in Vietnam. Jimi Hendrix was. He used to freak out his fellow rock stars by saying, Oh, no, man, we got to fight the commies in Vietnam. Jimi Hendrix. True story. Happy Flag Day, America. Let's uh, get it. The, the Democrats are just so crazy. You know, the man who had breast implants and was invited to the White House was standing next to the woman who had breast reduction surgery and then 
took male hormones to grow a beard and uh, uh, hair on the chest. They uh, went to the White House. And one of them, the man with the breast implants, uh, is named Rose Montoya. Rose Montoya. Trans influencer Rose Montoya now barred from White House for peeling off the shirt and doing the... I don't know why that would bother him. And uh, Demi Lovato, who's a liberal from California, readopted she-her pronouns because explaining they-them was too tiring. <laughs> People Magazine has that story. People Magazine. Demi Lovato, no longer uh, they-them because now she's back to she-her because she's a woman. And, um, right? Normal person, woman, yeah, born, uh, assigned female at birth. There, uh, there, there's a lot of mental illness out there, and we call it the Democrat Party. Now, Johns Hopkins defines women as non-men, non-men, <laughs> in LGBTQ glossary. They have their own glossary. And this is pretty amazing. J.K. Rowling, the author, uh, even jumped in and made fun of Johns Hopkins University. Johns Hopkins, they have a gender and sexuality resources webpage, right? And they say if uh, they have AFAB, AFAB, that means assigned female at birth. That means you're a girl or a woman, right? But they call it AFAB, AFAB. AMAB is assigned male at birth, and uh, they change the definition of lesbian. They say lesbian is not a, everybody loves lesbians, by the way, everybody. Why do you think Cinemax was so popular all those years? They define a lesbian as a non-man attracted to non-men. Say so they have both the singular and the plural there. A non see a non-man that's a woman who's attracted to a non-man that's a woman. So that's a lesbian, but why do you have to say it's a non-man attracted to a non-man? It's because they're a suicidal gender death cult. Completely insane. The entry noted the reason why the school guide wasn't uh, using lesbian to define a relationship between women, claiming it wasn't inclusive enough. <coughs> Actually, it says it wasn't exclusive enough, but that makes no sense at all. Johns Hopkins, pull your kids out before it's too late. Yeah, um, I guess I'm a, a AMAB uh, half lesbian, I think. <laughs> Can you provide a definition for the word woman? John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.